If your meetings need some extra support, there is no reason to sit idly by. You can help unsuck your meetings by playing a critical support role. In this episode, we dive into the roles of note taker and tech host and give you tips for playing these roles yourself so you can help the information and impact of your meeting stick and ensure virtual and hybrid meetings run more smoothly. I'm your host, Lauren Green, meeting coach and facilitation trainer here to help you unsuck your meetings one episode at a time. I've helped hundreds of professionals and organizations through leading inclusive, engaging, and productive meetings. And now I'm offering this podcast to help you do the same. Think of this podcast as an ongoing workshop where each time you tune in, you'll get a bite-sized nugget of knowledge you can apply right away. If you lead meetings or might someday, you're in the right place. Let's make your meetings work. Welcome back, meeting makers. I am so excited to bring you this episode because we're going to be joined by a super special guest, Heather Martinez. In a moment, I will tell you all sorts of amazing things that you will want to know about Heather. But first, let's talk about meeting support roles. There is never really a need to sit idly by and watch a meeting suck. And after this episode, you will have a few new ways you can make your meetings work by taking on one of these important support roles. Think for a moment about all the things that need to happen in order to make a meeting work well. What comes to mind? Maybe you thought of having a clear set of outcomes or perhaps even a facilitator. But what is needed in order to make the impact of a meeting truly stick? If you thought about notes or meeting minutes, your head is in the right place. Years of corporate hierarchy have taught us that the role of note taker is a menial task, but I'd like to give you a different perspective. Research on how much information is retained after a meeting varies, but a common finding is that people tend to forget a significant portion of what was discussed in a meeting. The Ebbinghaus forgetting curve is a psychological principle, and it suggests that people may forget up to 50% of information within the first hour following the meeting, and over 70% within 24 hours. So what's the fix? If we can't remember what happens in the meetings, we need to find a way of storing that information in an accessible way. Put simply, notes are essential. If notes are not taken, a month later, it's almost as if that meeting never happened. As a visual note taker, I am often asked to come into meetings and do what's called graphic recording or large-scale visual note taking done on a piece of paper or an iPad that includes words and images from the conversation. If you'd like to learn more or get started with visual note taking, we've linked to resources in the description. And of course, we create visual notes for each episode of this podcast to help you quickly remember what was discussed. Find the links in the description or sign up for email notifications to have them sent to your inbox with each new episode. A request for visual note-taking means that people want their meetings to run better, and they know that when people can see what they're talking about, the conversation just sort of works. So let's talk about why that is. First, when people can see their ideas up on the wall or up on a screen, they are more likely to direct any negative energy towards the wall or towards the notes instead of towards a person. This lessens the chance that conflict will be perceived as actual conflict 
and increases the chance that it is perceived as constructive dialogue. Also, when people are able to see notes live, they are less likely to repeat themselves, which means that meetings run faster and decisions can be made quicker. But you don't have to have beautiful visual notes in order to achieve the same effect. It's simply a matter of somebody taking notes on a flip chart, or if you're having a virtual meeting, pull up a document and take notes on a shared screen. Bonus points if you use a shared document or a workspace where everyone can contribute notes in real time. That way, the task of note-taking is no one's burden. If you think note-taking is one aspect of meetings your team could improve on, it is a role that you can take on likely without too much pushback. People generally are not intimidated by someone who takes notes for the team and often appreciate the person who does this. Of course, if you don't want to be tasked as a note-taker for every meeting, you have to make it known at some point that you would like to share this responsibility. But just remember that whoever is holding the marker, or in some cases, the keyboard, has a lot of influence in the meeting. I like to say that he or she or they who holds the marker holds the power. So if you are someone who's trying to build a little bit more influence among your team or just professionally, taking notes is a great way to show up in a bigger way for your team and your organization. So let's go over some tips that will help you take really great notes that everyone can benefit from. First, what not to do. Do not try to take notes on everything. For one, you will not be able to participate in the meeting and do this, and no one wants to read pages and pages of notes. It's also not important to capture who said what, but instead, a summary of their key point. This means that you have to hone your listening skills. Prior to being a visual note taker, I was a communication specialist and I spent a good amount of my time live posting for conferences and events hosted by the organization I worked for. I got pretty good at listening to a speaker and consolidating what they were saying to the most essential points. From that experience, I learned that most people will give you auditory clues that tell you when something is important. For example, they often slow down or they repeat themselves when they're trying to emphasize a key point. And that will tell you that what they just said was something that's really important to them. And many people only get to their final point when they are almost done speaking. So you can usually wait until they say something like, what I mean to say is, in addition to not taking too many notes, it's also important not to take too few notes. You have to take enough notes for what you say to make sense and to make sense when people go back and read it after the meeting. This means considering the three C's for note-taking. Clear, concise, and complete. I learned this from one of my colleagues at the Luma Institute. This usually means that your notes should be in phrases or sentences that include a subject, an action, and a verb in order to have enough meaning to make sense. An easy-to-follow note-taking format would look like numbering your notes by agenda items, and beneath each agenda item, include key discussion points, action items, and any deadlines and responsible parties. Bonus points if you include decisions made and next steps. I like to include those things at the top of the notes so anyone can quickly find that information without looking too far. And while meeting note AI tools are just starting to hit the market as I'm recording this, 
it's possible that your web meeting platform may already integrate this tool, but don't let that prevent you from taking on this important role. Remember that your intuition as the note taker and your ability to take notes and share them live is part of what makes this role important and impactful. Let's get to another role you can play in meetings, the tech host. Now, this is specific to virtual meetings, but it is also critical for hybrid meetings where some people are together in the room and others are online. You may refer to this role as a meeting producer or a number of other terms, but the important role they serve is to make sure everything flows well from a technology perspective. That often means helping to create breakout rooms within the web meeting platform, perhaps monitoring chat to make sure that no questions are missed, and sometimes helping to resolve technical issues. This role is often mistaken for someone on an AV team or an IT, but there's a little bit more to it than that. For a lot of people, web meeting tools create a lot of anxiety, especially when they don't work as they're intended. If people get stressed and anxious, they can't focus on the content of the meeting any longer, and now they are distracted and unable to fully participate. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that's not what you want in an effective meeting. The role of the tech host or meeting producer is not only to help out from a technology perspective, but also to have a calming presence and speak to people with grace so they know their concerns are heard and being addressed. It's kind of like bedside manner. Having to go to the doctor can be very anxiety-provoking for people. But having a doctor or a nurse or an assistant or even the front desk person show you kindness and having a calming presence can make you feel more at ease in these environments. I actually like to think that expertise in the technology is less important than the ability to provide empathy and acknowledgement when technical issues arise. Anything you need to address from a technology perspective is often just a Google search away, but it's very hard to teach someone how to flex their empathy muscle when helping others. Here to help us understand how you can take on the role of a tech host in your meetings is Heather Martinez. Heather and I go way back to 2016, where we worked as colleagues on the Visioneering team. If you were a fan of the podcast, you will have heard me talk about this team frequently as they are my personal example of what it looks like and feels like to be a part of a high-performing team. And Heather was a big part of that for me. From day one, Heather helped me understand the importance of establishing team values and committing to team rhythms and norms. Heather has many talents. For one thing, she's made a name for herself in the graphic recording field as a lettering expert. Everything I've learned about hand lettering, I've learned from Heather. And if you're interested in improving your handwriting or picking up a marker and being a visual note taker one day, you definitely want to check out Heather's website, letslettertogether.com. We will link to that in the description. Over the past few years, as of recording this podcast in 2023, Heather has identified a need to develop competencies in tech hosting that are unique from the role of the facilitator, leader, or IT person. Heather founded Tech Host Academy, a self-paced online learning program designed to train anyone to step into this important role. Without further ado, I'm excited to turn it over to Heather to share her tips. Thank you, Lauren, for having me on as your guest. Tech hosting is a role you can play as a participant to help improve meeting outcomes. Now, I believe every online meeting needs a tech host, 
But better yet, if everyone had just a few tech hosting skills or operated with the values of a tech host, not only would meetings be better placed, but perhaps that would spill over into everyday life. Now, luckily, we've had the pleasure of working together, right, when we were on the team of visual practitioners. But since that time, and especially since the start of the pandemic, I've noticed a common theme with client requests. They all want meetings to be more efficient. But you can't just walk into a room and tell participants to be efficient or hope that a meeting will be more efficient. So much goes into making a meeting efficient, especially online. And as a meeting facilitator, you have the responsibility to ensure that a process is in place to help participants show up and contribute at their best. And as a tech host, you can support that effort. Now, this is what I call E3ing or multiplying your meeting by E to the third power. The three E's stand for engaging, efficient, and equitable. And I've learned that when we design for the margins, when we make it easy for participants to engage and do so in equitable ways, everyone gets taken care of and can contribute their best work. Now, that in turn makes meetings more efficient. But the job of a tech host doesn't just stop there. In the process of learning how to be an efficient tech host, I have identified three areas of aptitude that a tech host needs to focus on and develop. A is for approach design, P is for presence, and T is for tech mastery. (laughs) See what I did there? These three areas make up your tech hosting aptitude and can be measured and improved upon. So let's start with approach design. As someone who has likely been in a lot of meetings, you know the value of a well-designed meeting, identifying and communicating the purpose of the meeting, outlining the process, meaning the agenda, and expressing the payoff helps participants know what to expect so that they can show up and do their best work. Those who are good at approach design know how to set the tone at the beginning of a meeting. They help participants throughout the meeting, and they know how to end a meeting so that everyone leaves feeling they accomplished what they set out to do. Now, facilitating that meeting is one thing, but tech hosting, well, that's like being a stagehand, doing everything they can behind the scenes to support the presenter, the participants, and the process. Now, the second area of focus to increase your tech hosting aptitude is presence. Once we know the approach and design of the meeting, this is where we can really shine in our role. Picture yourself as a tech host having the grace of a swan. You're all calm and cool and collected above the water, and you're paddling like crazy beneath the surface. You're holding the space for the group to do their best work, and you know how to quickly respond and in most cases, even anticipate what might emerge and do it all while not batting an eye. So without saying a word, your presence can be felt by others. Oftentimes as a tech host, you might only speak a little bit. So let's talk about when you might have a speaking role. Maybe it's at the beginning of a meeting when you conduct either a quick tech check or set some tech housekeeping norms or perhaps right before going into a breakout room, just to confirm how long the participants are gonna be in the breakout room with how many people and what to do while they're in there. 
You might even tell them how to signal support if they need it. And maybe you say a few words at the start or the end of a break to ensure everyone knows when to come back. You might even moderate the chat or respond or unmute anytime the presenter calls on you for support. Otherwise, ensuring the presenter is using the right camera, participants have what they need to use third-party collaboration tools, and all those private messaging, the people that are trying to say, help, help, <laughs> that's all happening at once behind the scenes. And it's like being on call and you're doing this all while modeling the way by not being phased by it. So this is presence. And then the third area of focus to increase your tech hosting aptitude is tech mastery. Now, this is a given, right? You're a tech host, but you don't have to be an IT person or an expert to do this work. You just need to know a smidge more than most of the people in the room. Know the most common tech issues that happen in meetings and be quick to respond. You might even want to address the most common tech issues in a meeting. And to do that, I came up with the top five vitals needed to become a successful tech host. So as a tech host, you frequently check these for yourself. And when offering tech checks for presenters and participants, this ensures everyone is in good shape. These vitals help everyone perform at their best. They are internet speed, audio, video, computer, and lighting. And while I won't go into it here, you can download a copy of the vitals and watch a video where I go into it a bit deeper at techhostacademy.com. Now, I hope you found these tips on being an efficient tech host helpful and will continue to increase your tech hosting aptitude, even if being a tech host isn't an official part of your role. Because creating an online environment we can all thrive in can be a shared responsibility and can enrich every organization's culture if people just knew a little bit more about tech hosting aptitude. Oh, and while I didn't even touch hybrid, well, we go into that even further with Lauren's guidance at the Tech Host Academy course. Thank you so much, Heather. That was a wonderful summary. And just to recap some of the key takeaways there, I loved how Heather points out that if everyone operated with the values of a tech host, meetings will run better and more efficiently. She calls out e 3 in other words, engaging, efficient, and equitable as the values of a tech host. And she notes that when we make it easy for participants to engage in equitable ways, everyone can contribute their best work which in turn makes meetings more efficient. I love Heather's acronym APT, Approach Design, Presence, and Tech Mastery, or APTITUDE. Everyone loves a good acronym. A is Approach Design, which involves supporting the presenter and the participants. P is Presence, and she uses the metaphor of a swan being graceful above but churning below. And she notes when it comes to presence that your presence can be felt by others, and that's so true. And lastly, T for tech mastery. And she notes again that you don't have to be an IT expert. You just have to know a few common issues and be quick to respond. And finally, she notes the five key vitals to learn more about when it comes to tech mastery, which are internet speed, audio, video, computer, and lighting. Techhostacademy.com is where you can find this wonderful program and learn more about how to integrate this skill set and make it your own. So in your next meeting, if somebody is facing a technology challenge and nobody has been assigned as a tech host, raise your hand. 
It's as simple as telling that person that you might be able to help and asking them to describe the challenge they are experiencing. In order to be less disruptive to the flow of the meeting, I'd recommend using chat or, if it's more complicated, asking to be placed in a breakout room so that you can help the participant one-on-one. Team retreats, strategic planning offsites, or problem-solving meetings can benefit from having a third-party, neutral facilitator who is focused on the process of the meeting rather than the content. Our team of expert facilitators takes the burden of designing your meeting and navigating group dynamics off your plate so you can participate, offer your ideas, and support the group in carrying the action forward. Working with us as your expert facilitators will help you to maximize the potential of your team to do their best work, create space for innovation and forward thinking, and host annual retreats that will have a lasting impact even after you get back to the office. If you love this podcast and want to work with us as your expert team, visit makemeetings.work forward slash contact to partner with us and make your meetings work. So now we've covered two key roles you can jump in and do during your next meeting, note taker and tech host, probably not both at the same time. There may be times when you may also find yourself in the role of a breakout facilitator, in which case I highly recommend taking a listen to episodes five and six in this season, which have some excellent tips for running smooth conversations. There is one final bonus role that we're going to offer, which is the role of timekeeper. Now, I will be the first to admit that it is not my favorite role to play. I don't like being the time police. Being the person that has to let people know when they are going over time and when to wrap it up can definitely come with a lot of stink eyes. At the same time, somebody taking note of how long each agenda item should take and letting the group know when they've reached that time is an important signal role for helping meetings run on time. If you're a participant in the meeting and decide to take on the role of timekeeper, do not cut people off or interrupt them during the middle of a sentence unless absolutely necessary. This would create an unhealthy power dynamic and potentially the group needs to spend more time than they had originally thought on a certain topic. If you do decide to raise your hand and offer to keep time, Use gentle reminders to let people know when the time is finished. If you're in a virtual meeting, maybe drop a two-minute warning in the chat to let people know when time is about to run out. And if you are in person, you can always raise a two-minute signal with your hand to let people know when time is almost up. There is no need to ring a virtual buzzer and cut anyone off. In general, when people are given time guidance, they will respect it. Now, there was one time when I tried to give timing cues in a virtual meeting with 40 people, and the speaker was still going well over time. It was clear that she was not paying attention to the chat, so she missed all of my cues. And because of the sensitive nature of what they were talking about, I did not feel comfortable interrupting her verbally. So instead, I did something rather strange that just occurred to me in the moment. We had been recording the meeting, so I clicked the pause button on the recording so that the Zoom voice came on and said, recording paused. That gave me just enough of an in to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I accidentally hit the wrong button, even though I didn't. 
But we are a little bit over time, so I'm wondering if you can say your final point and we can keep moving forward. In other words, whatever method of timekeeping you decide to use, use it with kindness. The last thing I'll say is that you can always let the group know when they're over time, but if they want to sacrifice a different part of the agenda, that's the group's call. Stay out of the heat of the decision-making and just focus on how you can provide time support so that the group can maximize their productivity. Remember, meeting makers, there is no need to sit idly by and allow your meetings to suck. In this episode, we introduced the critical roles of note-taker and tech host and gave you tips for playing these roles yourself. As a note-taker, remember to hone your listening skills and listen for cues that something is important. Find a balance between too little and too much information by keeping notes clear, concise, and complete. As a tech host, remember that presence is important above all else. You don't have to be an IT person. Just know some common issues and be quick to respond. Now the question is, which will you take on during your next meeting? Share with us in our Meeting Makers community on Facebook, and let's keep making your meetings work. This podcast was written by Lauren Green and produced by Caitlin Murray. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few seconds to rate and review so future meeting makers can find our community. Download a visual summary of this episode in the description and be sure to join the conversation in our Meeting Makers Facebook group. Want help with your next meeting? Reach out at makemeetings.work forward slash contact and we'll set up time to chat. Thank mm-hmm. you.